Hi everybody, welcome to Long Term Memory. As always, it's me, Jack, but Colin is still unwell, so Andy's back to keep us updated on what's happening in the world of UFOs or UAP, depending on what you'd rather call it. So, how how you doing, Andy, considering we were speaking 30 seconds ago? Aye, no lot, no lot's changed, mate, uh, but I'm good in the magic of time travel. Yeah, that's it. So, we, we left that in Brazil, basically, you were talking about, they, they started a, a sort of special UFO session but i want to get yeah. back to america the the big potatoes in the game basically and recently i think there's been a couple of again i'm just going to break it down into simpleton terms ufo takedowns so yeah so justin trudeau has said that the united states shot down a ufo over the yukon and there was another one reported at lake huron and was there a third as well and what's happening with these because again is it going to be frustrating because they've shot down these UFOs, UAPs, and then have they found them? What's sort of happening after they shoot them down? Surely if you shoot something down, you see it landing in the floor, and you go over and pick it up and go, oh, look, this is X, Y, or Z. So what's been happening with with these takedown stories? Aye, so this started, and folks probably saw in the news, the, the Chinese spy balloon became a thing, basically. Uh-huh the US and Canada picked up an object cruising at an altitude. Um, and really strangely, and I suppose the folks who are more sceptical on the subject, like because it was moving so slowly and we get told about it, which is odd for this type of stuff anyway, forgetting UFOs and aliens, just to be told an object's flying about the sky, we don't know what it is. Members of the public managed to get and film it. And MD, we have a really decent camera zoom or like a telescope, could see this big white balloon way, way, way up in the sky with a kind of payload underneath it. Looked a wee bit like a satellite. And essentially, you found out quite quick, it was a a Chinese spy balloon that was flying through the atmosphere. And because it was a balloon, because of the the height it was at and everything else, it actually manages to evade most of the radar. Because radar, as I find out doing the the podcast, isn't just that a signal goes out and tells you what's there. You have to it to find certain signals because you can have radar so finely tuned that you put out a signal on a, like a fighter plane and you literally pick up the hills you pick up the mountains but you don't want that because it's then it's going to bounce back there's hundreds of stuff in front of you mm-hmm. you want to pick up the kind of nuances of the minutia what, what's there so basically uh the u.s defense system wasn't as tuned in as it should have been to pick up spy balloons so whenever folks are going off well it's the u.s it's got a trillion dollar defense budget yep and it wasn't that safe so they they shot this thing down after a kind of day or so. Um, it all played out live in TV, which was mental that, that this all went kind of mainstream. Used a, a $400,000 missile to shoot it down. And then the thing kind of slowly landed and they, they picked up the debris. No, just popped it with a big fucking dart. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they more or less could have, mate. Ah, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of that, yeah. But I think at the time, and obviously there's a lot of tension between the US and Russia and China, it was about a posturing that oh, we're going to shoot down your balloon with a missile, but hey-ho. Um, however, then after that, I think there was actually three more objects were reported over the course of a few days. Um, it's going back a few months now, but um, this is where it got a wee bit weird because... One, folk were just making the point, well, is this just the US now flexing the muscles, going, oh, we're shooting down all this stuff that's flying about in our airspace, we have found all your stuff. But they were quite coy about it this time, that one of the objects they shot down and said they couldn't recover and would never recover it, which was weird that they managed to lose it. Um, One of the objects that was apparently octagon-shaped, which, again, could be a balloon-type object, right? Could just be a light kind of framework. Um, 
rumours where it shattered like glass when it was shot at. But again, nothing was recovered. Um, and it all got a bit strange. And obviously the US taxpayer starts to ask, and they're much more into their military and stuff over there. And they kind of are very proud of that as a nation and, and being a superpower. The White House got a lot of questions about, well, what are we shooting at here? And they weren't getting answers. Uh, and why are we not recovering the stuff? And they weren't giving answers. And essentially, it's, it's gone away. And again, it's just one of these stories that they should have been talking about it. They should have been being open and honest. And they weren't. And this isn't even talking about UFOs and aliens. This is just talking about stuff being shot over US airspace. Um, is it because it's embarrassing for them? I think a bit of it was, yeah. There was rumours that one of them was like a, a hobby club that makes like <laughs> makes like hobby balloons. Right, okay. And folk were going, well, if the US are so paranoid and insecure and actually unable to identify an object that they're using half a million dollar missiles to shoot down hobby club balloons. But then other folk were saying that was a wee bit of a distraction, that let's put that story out, make it a wee bit self-deprecating because actually we shot doing something else. So... Were they shooting down Chinese or Russian technology that they didn't want folk to know about? Did they shoot down something of their own by mistake? Or mm. did they shoot down maybe something a wee bit more exotic, which is the kind of UFO stuff we are talking about? We don't know. Um, but it was very strange, and I think it just goes to show, even though they're the biggest country in the world to be a defence budget that blows everybody else out the water a hundred times over, they still make mistakes. They're still no impenetrable. And a Chinese balloon managed to float about their atmosphere collecting all kinds of data, and they never knew it was there. Like, obviously it's Joe Biden that's there now, and Trump was there for a while. Does it make a difference who's in, who's in power in America, how much focus is on UFOs? Like, are the, the Democrats, are they less engaged than the Republicans, or vice versa? Does it particularly matter who's Do you know in what? charge? It's, it's, it's funny, it's the one subject that they would say is bipartisan. Both parties right now, and we'll get to this, have a big interest in it. And they literally are sitting side by side, Democrat and Republican. It's like having a Rangers and Celtic fan sitting disagreeing, uh, agreeing on the same subject, basically. That's what's happening in the US. It's very, very rare. Um, Why do you think that is? I think it, when it goes to defence and it goes to a subject where you've got congressmen and women and senators coming out and saying that they've seen some pretty spectacular videos and pretty, pretty spectacular footage and they're hearing some pretty spectacular things from military personnel that they want this looked into more. They're like you, but no sceptical, Jack. They're they are frustrated for the other sense that they are seeing some amazing things here. And some of them are getting to the point they're like, the public should know about this. Why are we not releasing the videos? Why are we not letting folk know that there might be something else out there? Because and, what do we need to do about it? And is there anybody who is um, a UFO champion at the moment and Senate or Congress, I don't I don't particularly know the difference. My American politics is very sort of, it's non-existent. I, I know there's a president, a vice president, and then once it gets to house and Aye. state level, I just don't understand. But is there any champions just now that Aye, are sort of pushing it? Right, okay. Aye, and it's quite varied, mate. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really fortunate when I talk about this. I'm not for the States, as people can tell. Most of my listenership is in America. So I, I talk about it in the sense that I don't care about Democrats and Republicans. I don't care about somebody's thoughts on abortion laws. I don't care about somebody's thoughts on immigration because I don't know. I don't follow their politics like that. I just, I'm interested in people's UFO sound bites. Um, so you've got like Tim Burchett, which is, he's a Republican and he probably has what some folks would class as quite extreme views on certain things, but he's very, very interested in the UFO topic and that, He's more or less saying there's stuff in the sky that isn't human. 
without literally using those words, live on telly, doing loads of interviews. Um, you've got Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. She's a Democrat, and she just chaired the recent hearings. She's a big advocate of the UFO or UAP topic in the US. And again, she's pushing for the fact that, you know, there needs to be funding. We need to be looking into this. What is in our airspace that we we can't identify and is displaying abilities and technology that we just don't have as, as a nation? Do we need to be having a conversation here? And it almost seems, and there's other people, like um, if people look up like Rubio, Warner, Gallagher, there's a lot of politicians that are kind of newer in the political arena and folks that you look at and go see in like eight to 10 years, these are probably presidential candidates. And if these are the guys and women that already now have got an interest in the UFO topic, is this something that they can use as a political card down the line, basically being, you know, that president that brings this to the table? Um, is sitting... that it then? Is it, sorry, um, to, to take a sort of I mean, a slightly different view, could it just be as a, a political vote gainer, perhaps? Like if they, if they show an interest in UAP, Anybody that's got an interest in UAP will automatically vote for them. Like, is it is it big enough a community in America that that could swing a vote? No, just now. No, no just now. I, I think right. I think twenty years ago it's, it's a death knell, isn't it? If somebody came out and went, "Oh, by the way, I'm I'm going to be president. And I'm going to you know open up the UFO files," you're not going to get the votes. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not going to happen. It's it's it just wouldn't. Hillary Clinton, interestingly enough, was the one that probably would have been the best candidate for that, but she lost the election. Um, Everybody just was, hated her. <laughs> I of all the people who run against Trump, um, but she was the one. She was very interested. Her and our um, campaign manager John Podesta, heavily involved in the UFO topic over the years. His name comes up a lot. She was mega interested in it. Um, Obama was, but Obama never really talked about it properly until he left. And he's had a, a few really serious chats about it. And I think even the most it was he was on James Corden last year, and there was a clip went viral online where Corden joked about it as he does on Obama done his serious voice and went actually do you know what there is stuff in the skies that we don't know what it is so i think it's if i'm if i'm using my my optimist hat on i think politicians across the board are starting to talk about it in a much more serious way that maybe down the line it might not be a vote winner but it's going to be talked about in a big way in a campaign or on a big stage politically in a serious way that I don't think we're there yet with that. And what about, let's move away from America then, let's get to our uh, great British Isles. Is there any sort of MPs, people like that, that are on the case in Britain, in Scotland even? I am going to, I, yes, so there was, it got talked about last, I want to say last year, might have been the year before, I think it was last year though, um, in Parliament, one of the MPs, I'm sure it was an MP, he was a guy, I don't know his name, he brought up, look, all this stuff's getting talked about in the US just now when the the hearings and the task force report and all that we talked about last time were, were, were starting to come out. And he basically made the point in layman's terms, look, the US are taking the UFO stuff really seriously. They've got pilots testifying. They've got really high-level talks going on about UFOs. If we get no interest in this in the UK when this is a really serious ally and you know the biggest superpower in the world are talking about UFOs, and it was a Baroness Goldie who is your typical hoity-toity posh politician who basically stood up and went, <laughs> the derisory laughter, look, and if we had little green men flying about the skies, I can assure you we've got no interest in all that kind of nonsense that doesn't exist. And she totally like, poo-pooed it and shot it down in that kind of horrible MP way they do, kind of talking down about stuff. Um, 
that's where the UK conversation is politically. I know for a fact there's a few UK politicians that have got a really heavy interest in it, and they won't talk about it because it's career suicide for them. Right, and like you said, uh, the Baroness stood up and was all snooty about green men or whatever, right, fair enough. Happens in the White House as well, you know, I watched a video earlier where the White House spokeswoman, um, spokesperson, was kind of discussing this, but she had to bring up that she enjoyed the film E.T. Yeah. right at the end. It, does, it, does that annoy you? Does that get on your nerves? Like, everything seems to be about Close Encounters of the Third Kind or E.T. and stuff like that, and he just... Just pop it off like I enjoyed ET the film, but I've got serious work to do. Ah, it's it's frustrating and expected, but I think it, very quickly you've got a lot of journalists now, and again these are serious journalists that are in there, and they don't just get to ask a question randomly. That's all like selected beforehand, and the questions are like you know it's 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 kind of scripted almost what gets asked in those those scenarios. But the people that are answering those questions get briefed in, in advance. They're just passing on messages for other people, so their level of knowledge on this stuff. Well, they've maybe got an idea. Somebody might ask about UFOs today. They don't really know much more than that. So you don't get a chance to have a back and forward conversation. Unlike, remember when Trump was there and he was having full scale arguments with journalists on a daily basis? Yeah. That just never happens because you don't have that kind of back and forward frustration between that kind of level. Um, but in the White House, they know. And the fact is that they were spending money as a government on a UFO program for five years, which they denied they were doing. That all got brought out. So. The question would just have to be asked, but you were interested in it because you were spending millions of dollars on it. Um, and now they've got a committee set up. They've got a defence bill that they sign off to see how much is going to get spent where they've literally got stuff in it about UAP and what they're going to be doing to look at it, investigate it. So they have an interest in this now. Um, it might not be top of the priority pile in terms of conversation, but they are actively looking at it. This is not this is speculation on me going, I've heard. It's in their defence language bill. They're, they're having open hearings. This this was live a few weeks ago now, um, the last one. They've got classified and unclassified quarterly reports and annual reports coming out discussing active military sightings and events that are happening now, like as we speak, on a regular basis. They're, they're encouraging now, which is the big swing for, for listeners who might be going, this guy's a lot of pish. The US government is now actively telling their military personnel, if you see something, that you think you'd no idea what it is and you think it might be strange, report it. In the past, you get the piss taken out you for it. We're not doing that anymore. We need to know what it is, what you've seen, how you've seen it, where you've seen it. Because in the past, they were seeing stuff and just, nah, not talking about that. Ruined my career. So is, it, is that more just for... Because again, a lot of listeners will just hear the, the UFO and automatically think, oh, alien stuff. Yeah. But surely the, like that balloon managed to sneak in. So. Aye. Surely, when they speak about UAP, it's just as on as foreign tech. So, is it is it Russian or Chinese? Aye. Yeah, that, and a lot of it will be, mate. Hundred percent. Mm. A lot of it will be, and of course, they want that information. That look, if you've got forty orange lights swamping a navy ship off the coast of California when it's doing military drills, we're not saying it's aliens, but we want you telling us about this and recording it because if it's Chinese drones that are there, that they shouldn't be there. You know, new technology. Let's let's see what we can do. However. They also do have an interest now because, again, they get classified behind door briefings. It was a, was it, it's a senator, uh, was it Rubio or Warner, came out of a, a briefing where they get, they're getting shown videos and photographs and being told things that they're not talking about in public because they've got security clearances. And they're coming out live on, on interviews and going, there's stuff here that the, the public should actually know about. Yeah, this is some very incredible stuff. 
They're not talking about Russian and Chinese technology. And I genuinely feel we're starting to get to the point where maybe they're, they're looking at could be ready a conversation to say to folks. And I'm not saying they're going to come out. And I don't think, if you were asking me, what's going to happen in the next couple of years? Are we going to find out there's aliens? No. But what I think we might get is that James Webb, James Webb telescope that's out there. Mm. that maybe picks something up somewhere far away that they go, actually, we think there might be pollution on some other planet somewhere else, which would indicate a form of life. But it's it's so far away, we could never get there, you know, anytime soon. But we're going to look at it a bit further. And maybe that just starts to open the doors a wee bit of, is there a conversation to be had that there's, there's, there's other life out there? And then do you start finding stuff closer to home? And does the public just slowly get more prepared that it's actually been talked about in the US, it then gets talked about worldwide, we're starting to see stuff in space we never knew was there. And then the conversation just gradually opens up to actually, we've got stuff coming here and we, we don't think it's human. Yeah, so obviously the the, the big space company, well, SpaceX now, they're getting all the contacts. But NASA's what you, you think of when you think yeah. of the, the space exploration in America. So you're getting former NASA employees coming out saying, we've got a lot of high-resolution photos of UFOs and aliens, and I can mm-hmm. testify before Congress uh, yep. from one of them. Uh, former astronaut Franklin Musgrave on two flights. I've seen and photographed what I call the snake, like a seven-foot eel swimming out there. Right, so this sounds like, well, it's coming from a, what you would think would be a very reliable yep. source. It's like people that actually worked in NASA and astronauts. Is that, I was going to say, do you love that shit, man? Like when, when people in that sort of space come out and are saying stuff like that, does, is, is that golden for you? Does that just kind of, no. you that, right, I've got back up there, or I would say that there is a, like a fallacy of expertise. You yeah. know, like if an argument comes from an expert, then you just sort of, take it basically you yeah. know what i'm saying there's a there's a flip side to that on one hand you think they're an expert and on the other hand you think well just because it just because it's an expert doesn't make it true Pep Guardiola still viable. got it wrong and fucked up a champions league final against chelsea <laughs> still the best manager out there isn't he like so and as yeah you're right your, your experts still make mistakes and they're still just people at the end of the day and that's the point i was trying to make earlier on about the u.s government with its big budget still letting a balloon get past them um there's a part of it is a bit of a guilty pleasure thing. I love some of that really out there stuff. I tend not to talk about it too much in the podcast. But like you say, there is still an element of you've got to respect. I think, let, let's be fair, what does Colin always say to me about oh, Cletus and stuff like that? You're on about the UFOs and the kind of maybe he thinks about people with a lower intelligence or IQ talking about seeing spaceships and aliens, right, and abductions. But if somebody comes up to you and they're an astronaut, you you have that instant kind of respect, don't you, and admiration of oh fair fucks, that's that's a hell of an effort you've went to to get to where you are. So there's an there's an attached credibility and attached intelligence and logic and stuff. So you do maybe listen a bit more to what they've got to say because they've got a lot to lose coming out and going. I've photographed UFOs. I've I've seen aliens potentially, um, and that's why they tend not to talk about it. I, what, I think what, there's still what, an element. No, see that we've seen a seven foot eel swimming out there, right? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. That's a, a wee bit out there for me in terms of, I, I don't know. But I, I, there's there's a plenty of evidence and enough evidence to say astronauts have seen and talked about, and you can hear the transcripts of it, all kinds of weird stuff, for example, on the moon. Mm-hmm. You, like that, you say they've got a lot to lose. You've got a, it's a former NASA employee, but I don't know what this person does nowadays, but 
like were they then? Could you jump to the conclusion that they were too they were too scared to speak about this before then? Because you've said it um, a couple of times in the pod, career suicide. That if you're a, a current employee of the NASA and you come in and say something like that, they would NDA or whatever, try yeah. to sort of Aye. cut that shit out. Yeah, like, there was a there was a woman, there was a disclosure panel, a citizens disclosure panel in two thousand one. Was it just after or just before nine eleven? I can't remember. Um, and there was a woman at that, and basically they had high ranking generals and military personnel talking about UFOs way back in the day, right? And it never really went anywhere. Um, but one of the women at it was a former NASA employee, and she basically came out and talked about airbrushing UFOs out of NASA photographs. Um, and that that was quite interesting, but you, you don't know her. She's not a nobody. I think she did work there, for what I understand, but I would look more at a Buzz Aldrin who, again, former astronaut, everyone knows his name, Buzz Aldrin, one of the most famous astronauts of all time, really highly respected guy, talks about there being monoliths on the moon. I think he'd done that in uh, GMTV years ago. I'm sure it was British television. And he basically went out there saying, look, there, people are going to ask the questions. When you finally get to see the photos and the videos of, of structures on the moon, they'll ask who built them, but they're not letting people see it. That's the kind of stuff I really like, because there's a guy who's got a legacy and a credibility that is well-respected, talking about, you know, ah, there's, there's, there's structures on the moon. People should ask who built them, but they won't let you see them. That, that to me, I find really interesting and fascinating. But I get why people might go, oh, why are they not talking about this when they're 30 or 40 or 50 and active duty and still in a career? Because they're in a career. Again, it's that, what do you talk about and what do you not talk about? Do you know what I mean? You catch your, you catch your, bo- your boss dressing up like God knows what. You need to watch what I say there, don't I? Uh, on a night out. And somewhere he's not supposed to be. Do you get to work the next day and tell everybody? Maybe, maybe not though, because it's, it's a bad for your career. It'd be, be, <laughs> be dead hard, not to man. At least tell a few people. <laughs> now, see if you were on your way up, mate, and you were getting your promotion, and you knew your salary was about to it, double and everything, and this boy was doing your interview. Uh, it uh, depends what uh, uh, which sector you're working in, whether or not that. Well, I uh, yeah yeah right okay no, I kind of get that right uh, who else do we want to speak about uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson okay mm. the is it fair to say I, I can't speak for the UFO community is it fair to say that you, you, you don't go on with Neil deGrasse Tyson do you know what it's funny that clip that you put on there uh, oh. that's ten months old now he's changed his tune recently. Right. And he's backtracked a wee bit on, oh, do you know what? Maybe we should keep an open mind. Because in the past, I used to listen to his uh, podcast. What was it called again? Um, Another one you're talking I used to listen to it as well, but it... The, it Space Talk. Space, Space Talk, Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson, yeah. It was a radio show, I think, and it was edited Aye. like that. And I, I listened to it for a while and got... Yeah, I just got bored of it, I'll be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. I know, no, that's fair. I think if you've not got an expertise, and like me, I've not got an expertise in his stuff, so there's so much you get from it. And then a lot of it just either goes over your head or is what it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, from a UFO point of view, it's quite frustrating because he just, as a scientist, you would think, you surely you would find this the most fascinating thing of all, to look out into the universe and find other life. It is the biggest story of mankind. And he just didn't seem to want to know. Nah, there's no aliens. Nah, it's too far. Nah, they're not coming here. For, and all the arguments against that of our technology getting better and better and one day we'll get to the point we can fly about in space um, better than we can now. Somebody, somebody else just has to be a wee bit ahead of us to be better than us or faster than us. Um, he's always been dead against that, but he's he's 
changed his tune a wee bit recently as well. And I like the clip you put in. I don't know if you're putting it on your thing, but it was on a talk show. Um, and yeah, then the I'll, talk I'll show host shoots him yeah. down a wee bit. Um, but, but his explanation about, yes, this thing might be moving. They talked about a mua mua. That's how you pronounce that. It was the rock that they basically found in outer edges of the galaxy, the solar system, sorry. Huh. And astrophysicist Avi Loeb, he was on Joe Rogan, and I spoke to him about three days after he was on Rogan. Um, so if anyone wants to check that one out for, by Avi Loeb. Um, but he talked about, as a really serious at Harvard astrophysicist, why he thinks this object that they picked up was actually from another civilization. No necessarily even a spacecraft, but maybe some kind of probe that was just hundreds of millions of miles away because of the way it sped up and all that kind of stuff and some weird uh, things about it, weird attributes. It's quite interesting, but I, from, from Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think we've started to see recently, he's been a wee bit more open to the, the alien conversation. Yeah, because last time we were on, the, um, ah, you, were say, you were saying he was just like a bit of a dick about things. But Yeah. We'll move on to some other stuff before can I, we get Can I just it. read that quote, by the way, Jack? Because I, yeah, I saw that okay. on the Reddit post. It was some guy put, Neil's the kind of guy that wakes up his wife just to let her know he's going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> ah, good stuff. Right, we've got another couple of things. We spoke about the Obama's earlier. And what yep. bar, um, they are producing a film, or they, their company is producing a film about yeah. the Betty and Barney Hill abduction show. What's their abduction story, and do you know much about this? Is it like a, is it a, is it a documentary? Is it a film based on fiction? Not based on fiction, you know what I mean? Like, is it just yeah, a film? Yeah, like dramat- I think it's a dramatisation. Dramatisation. Um, that's that's yeah. the word I was looking for and couldn't find. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the exact year. Uh, I think it was in the 60s. Betty and Barney Hill were essentially a, a couple who claimed to have been abducted, right? Which right. I think a lot of listeners will be like, aye, very good, which, you know, that is what it is. Um, so I think it was, aye, the 60s. So why that's interesting, though, is they were an interracial couple in America in the 60s. Right. drawing attention to themselves by talking about their abduction experience. Now, that's not necessarily the best idea in the 60s, you know, as an interracial couple. That was a that was a hot, hot thing back then. Um, they, they basically claimed they were abducted, taken away, and it's a really famous story. Um, that is then being turned into a dramatisation. The Obama's production companies picked it up, the script's done. Uh, I don't know where it is in terms of production, but I think that'll be an interesting one. I imagine it's probably going to lean heavily on the, the story of the interracial couple and in, in the kind oh. of hardships of the time. Um, I can imagine it being a bit like a Quantum Leap episode, if you remember that back in the day, where, you know, it's heavily on that, but maybe hints at the, the UFO side of things, but I don't know. But yeah, this, the script's done. Um, it'll be interesting when it comes out. I want to say it's on going to be on Netflix, but I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Still a place called Portsmouth, there you are. Sorry, I'm just I'm just googling stuff as we Aye. as we speak. Right, okay, so that's quite interesting. They're they're doing that film. So do you you think it's so it's to do with the you, you would imagine the, the interracial stuff with a little bit of he's got a bit of an interest in the alien side of things as well, and it, maybe yeah. that's why the, the human aspect of the story. Yeah, um, and, and again, how, how much do you think that Barack Obama's got? It's his company, but again, he's going to have professionals, um, producers, and stuff like that that will be. I wonder if he specifically picked that out because of the interest in it. That's... He's got a big interest in this topic. Right, and you think he he'll, have been, right. he'll have been privy to conversations and stuff in the White House. Like I say, I don't believe that they go and tell the president everything that's happening. And 
oh, you know, Mr. President, a UFO crashed last week in the desert and we've went and recovered it. And yeah, I don't think they tell the presidents that kind of stuff because they're not around long enough to need to know it. Um, Trump hinted a few times into it, UFO conversations a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, but it never really went anywhere. I There was one where his son interviewed him and the son asked him to tease it, you know, what about the Roswell files? And Trump basically, he was quite coy about it. It was weird because Trump talked, I remember in that moment, and maybe I was just looking for it, right, I'll be honest. But he talked a wee bit differently than he normally does. And he was like, yeah, it's interesting. Some really interesting stuff there. Um, And he kind of skipped past it. But he didn't shit all over it. And he wasn't joking about it like he usually would. So, um, yeah, enough. uh, For me, Barack Obama's got a big interest in the UFO topic in very interesting him and Michelle have picked up that story in particular. Um, I imagine they'd be massive advocates of it, though, just because of the, uh, the interracial side of things as well. But it's an interesting story. Right, cool, cool. The, something that wasn't particularly a thing when we last spoke was AI and mm. its explosion over the last even just a couple of months, really. And I have seen some... Uh, I've seen a topic today that um, AI-enhanced pictures are not good for the UFO community and there was this <laughs> this picture that had supposedly been AI enhanced and it just looked absolutely ridiculous. What are your thoughts on AI enhanced pictures or just AI in general? Has it got any impact on UAP UFOs? Aye, AI's brilliant for it. Um, not the pictures and that's no different to CGI. That oh. has that like CGI, CGI and it's going to get better anyway so whether it's an AI recreation or whatever oh. won't, won't make any difference to be honest. However, what AI is really good for is spotting patterns and using logic to go through stuff. So Tom DeLong used to be in Blink-182. Um, he, he created Two of the Stars. I think we talked about that last time. Um, and his company, they mentioned at the time that the way AI can be used to really help the UFO topic is going through data, like tons and tons and tons of data. And spotting, yeah, and spotting patterns in it that we just can't see or haven't seen. That can even co- include like religious texts going through it and just be feeding it that and again from a proper layman's point of view getting it to find ufo related material maybe this will pick out certain things that we just never noticed before never saw same in terms of like um satellite data just numbers footage all that kind of stuff we're looking for these kinds of signatures we're looking for this that may indicate some kind of craft or object that we didn't know was there that was in you know fucking satellites in orbit that are just filming the skies constantly that's yeah. where AI can be useful. Spot patterns, spot things that we can't go through. Tons of data in a very quick time. If you've used, you'll use Chat GPT. I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, I, 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 I paid for the subscription for Chat GPT four just to see what it was like. It's brilliant. Like again, you've got all these folk using it to write essays for them and write me a story, like a ten line story in a style like Quentin Tarantino, but make it an amazing twist at the end, and it does it in seconds. So you can imagine using really advanced versions of that to hoi tons of data into and go, find this for me, find that. And that goes for like medicines and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Again, is that, but is that when you're feeding that much data into something, is, is that, is it AI or is it just like the super, super computing? Do you know what I mean? I'm more clever enough what, to what, difference, mate. I, I see, neither am I really. Because I was thinking, see if you're just pumping data into something and then it's just, it's what it produces after that. Is that AI folk, or is it just computer? Yeah, um, a lot of folk have still told me though that it's no proper AI because like it's still human led. You've still got to tell it what to do. It's just uh, doing it for you a hell of a lot faster. 
So I think in terms of that, for what somebody else will be able to explain exactly why AI is useful. But in terms of spotting patterns and recognition and old languages and old texts and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's something that definitely be used. But it seems to be taking over because I think the explosion of it in the last couple of months is ridiculous. Yeah, the, I'm obsessed with the, the ones that draw pictures for you. They mm. you just describe something to it and then it draws a picture for you. It's never, never gets hands right. Um, but I did read an article the other day about how there's a big massive jump in AI being able to get hands right. Anyway, closer to home before we got into the listener questions, did you see the UFOs in East Kilbride back in October, November last year? No, I mean, I might no. have at the time because listeners sent me that kind of stuff, uh, but was it 2022? Yeah, 10th 29th, 2022. We'll just do some live stuff. Um, because I actually didn't look, I actually didn't watch this one. I just thought you would have known because it was close to home, but if you've not, it doesn't particularly matter. We'll just nah, people send us all kinds of stuff all the time, and especially right. when it's Scottish, people will be like, oh, here, but nah, it's usually fucking Glasgow and that kind of <laughs> stuff. But no, I've not seen that one, mate. Do you know what it is? See, with the UFO subject in general, I hate looking at Scottish stuff because it's just too close to home. You know, if you're watching a Hollywood film and somebody kicks up with a Scottish accent in the middle of a load of Americans, it just takes you right out of it. That's almost like that for the UFO subject to me. But surely you'd, surely you'd be more interested in it if it's in the skies above, nah. Do you know what? There's almost like a sexiness in there to like Roswell or like Area 51 or the Phoenix Lights, right? When somebody goes, oh, the Clyde Bank UFO. Do you know what I mean? It <laughs> I just, it's like, oh. <laughs> it's weird. Ish. Or like, uh, uh, um, there's there's a few different ones and it'll be like the, I don't know, the M8 UFO. And you're like, oh, the M8, really? But <laughs> no, and there's, there's no logic to that. There's no logic to it because cause why not? And I know what I saw in Knightswood. But you know the Knightswood sighting, it's not quite the same, is it? <laughs> it's not got the same pizzazz to it at all, mate. Uh, I did ask uh, Twitter for questions a couple of days ago, and we got a couple of decent questions, I think. So we'll start with Scooter just to wrap this uh, wee section up, Andy. So does Andy believe that humans have been able to back engineer UFO and currently have that technology? I like that question because I go back and forward on this. So right. I'll give you two answers. Either, yeah, we have, and some of the stuff flying about is potentially ours. A lot of folk always go with that triangle UFOs are a mix of human technology and alien technology, right? Um, why? Any it's a weird one with the, tri- the triangle stuff. I don't know why. There was, a, oh, there was a patent years ago came out for a thing called TR3B, and okay. that's that's like a real draft of here's like what we could do to make a, a, a triangular UFO, but from a human point of view. Um be incredible technology in it but uh, that that came out and i think a lot of people put two and two together and get five um there's also a school of thought though and this is maybe the mainstream general public go with the idea that if we had a ufo they would cap they would they would back engineer it and use the technology right but there's also the school of thought that what if they what if they did catch a flying saucer in roswell and they've hardly been able to do anything with it that they're literally still sitting fucking on me trying to turn the lights on and well, it's been you, 70 can, years. Just to put, can you imagine 50 years ago finding an iPhone and yeah. trying to back engineer that? You'd be imagine imagine dropping like an iPhone in the, the medieval <laughs> days, right? Imagine dropping an iPhone in the medieval days. And people say, oh, they wouldn't know how to turn it on. They wouldn't have a concept of what turning it on meant. They wouldn't I, have a concept of a button. Do you know what I mean? Like, what does yeah. a button do? What's a, what the fuck's a button? You don't even need to go back. I don't think you need to go back that long for an oh. iPhone to totally fucking blow people's minds. Yeah, but yeah, right. 
so two answers for that then. Yeah, so either either we've maybe got some, and I would go with that one that we've managed to back engineer a bit of the technology we've got. For example, maybe that's where we got fibre broadband from. You know, we've had a few in the computer chips, IBM and stuff like that. We all of a sudden had massive leaps in technology at different times. Um, Is that not a diss on human ingenuity? But there's there's human ingenuity, but there's then either all of a sudden. And it could just be that fucking hell we've discovered this massive leap. We've went from step three to step forty-seven, or how did we get all of a sudden for going from step three to step forty-seven? And just just for a bit of context, my UFO point of view on that, a lot of folk will say drones are a popular word these days. Everyone knows what a drone is, right? In the last five ten years, commercial drones are dead popular. You can buy. I was looking at my wee boy's birthday today. You can get a nice one for like thirty quid. I've got like one. A, I got one for Carm. She wanted to take pictures aye. of the Crookston Castle across the road. So. The Crookston UFO, there you go, that's coming soon, yeah, folks. Watch, watch it for the Sun of the Daily Record. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so you, you get these drones, and folk will go, well, what the military are seeing are Chinese drones or, or Russian drones, right? But the capabilities being described by some of these objects, for example, are going from a height of 80,000 feet to literally just above the seabed and coming to a dead stop in less than two seconds. That speeds that nothing we've got can do. So again... Have we suddenly managed to break the laws of physics as we know them? In which case, you know, how did that come about? When did we manage to do that? That's a hell of a leap. Or did we? is it something else that's doing it? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of conversation we need to go. If it is all human technology that people are misidentifying, particularly from a military point of view, there's been a few leaps that are just indescribable because you're not talking 30 or 50 years. You're talking hundreds or potentially a thousand years down the line with a technology. In a couple of years, basically. I think the term breaking the laws of physics is a little bit... Um, should be tempered a little physics bit. Physics as we know them, or, or but, as we understand them. I know, like... But it's, it's, not break, it's, not, it's not breaking the laws of physics if something's going really, really fucking fast. It's just going... It's, it's just going much faster than we, we think things can. It doesn't break laws of physics, but does it? That, that's the language the pilots use on like 60 Minutes, and they've done it in America in a TV segment. So they're talking about an object hitting a right angle, turn at 300 mile an hour, where they're saying that shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, I still don't think it breaks a law of physics. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, what, I, I think from their point of view, and again, I'm not a physician here, right? But like that, I believe, should fall apart. Like an object shouldn't be able to go what? bang and then on a right angle go boof a different direction because they're looking going a turning circle for their jets is like fucking 100 miles now if you've seen the new Top Gun movie when he does the big turn and you see him basically going over the country to do the turn because it takes that long at that speed to, to turn a, an aircraft so what they're saying is you need that kind of stuff how are these objects literally on a, on a fucking penny changing direction at the same speed you shouldn't be able to do that without the thing fucking destroying itself I'm not a physicist, but I think they're just doing it. Like, if something does do that, it's just doing it faster. It's just turning faster. <laughs> yeah, but, so, but again, but that, again, as not as a physicist here, I think the argument would be, by your logic, there shouldn't be a speed of light. and Nothing, nothing can go faster than the speed of light. But for you, it would just be, well, it just goes faster. No, but that, that would be breaking the laws of physics. But that's just one of them. So I get, but, I, but we are, people listening to this who are smarter than me and you're going to be going, what the fuck are you two talking about? But, uh-huh. Do you know what I mean though? But by your logic, aye, well, it just, it, something's then just going a bit faster. But folks in physics will say nothing can go faster than the speed of light. 
But this thing's not gone fast on the speed of light, so it's no break. No, but then, but how it's travelling though? So and then it goes into fucking maths, doesn't it? To do with speed and fucking distance and everything else, you shouldn't be able to turn on a right angle at fucking three or four, five hundred mile an hour. Yeah, but no physicist, man. But I, I just don't know how it breaks the laws of physics. But aye, um, one of your patrons can get in touch and stick in the comments why it does. Stick up for me here, folks. Simon, Simon, mate. Um, he'll kid on that he knows all about it. <laughs> uh, another couple of questions, mate, if you don't mind answering. Aye, so, aye. Craig, I don't. Um, right, so my own thoughts, this is Craig, are that folk see something that seems odd and instantly think it's Martians. Uh, if there was really something out there, then surely they would send smaller probes like we do. And then as for Era 51, it's where they devise all the new planes. So probably that, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's true. Do you know what Craig's getting at here? Uh, aye, so to his first point, if uh. something out there, if there was other life out there, then it would likely be sending probes like we do. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something was 50 years or 100 years ahead of us, what would their probes look like compared to ours? I used the example before a few times about we've got a probe or a robot kicking about Mars just now. It goes dead, dead slow. It's a bit chunky, isn't it? But it's there, and it's doing experiments on the planet. And it's got a wee... Have you heard about the helicopter on it? It's got a wee helicopter that comes up and flies about 20 feet away from it and then goes back to it. So it's got like a wee drone on the probe, right? That's your technology for, what, 10, 20 years ago, now on Mars. Mm-hmm. What do you think our probes will look like in 100 years on Mars? We'll be there before that as people, but if you have another species that was just 50 or 100 or a couple of hundred years ahead of us on a different planet and they're sending probes, would they look like spheres? Would they look like saucers? Would they be putting fucking these great aliens? Maybe they're fucking robots, just artificial clones that are disposable and... Uh, the crash, the crash, doesn't matter, there's no fucking life to them, maybe that's some of the stuff and that's what a lot of people will theorise, a lot of this stuff and like I'm talking to you about objects that are turning on a dime at 300, 400, 500 mile an hour if we were on that, you literally get turned to fucking pulp against the side of the wall if it turned, if it, does, if it doesn't break up, which it should maybe there's nothing on them, maybe some of these things that people are seeing are just that, maybe they're probes um, so I, Craig's, Craig's point's spot on and I think a lot of it probably is unmanned, but not from here. Um, and with the Area 51 stuff, uh, there's all kinds of bases they, they test and build new stuff. And yes, some right. of it will be like top secret US technology. Um, I don't think Area 51 is necessarily the place these days that they maybe do the stuff they used to do there. I imagine it gets moved about and they've probably got other secret places that we don't know about. Nobody knew about Area 51 till the, the late 80s, early 90s, when Bob Lazar first talked about it. So um, yeah, it's... I imagine they've got other places that we don't, we don't know about yet. In the mountains, under the ground, all that kind of stuff. Right, okay. And then one final question from Rory. Um, what about all these UFOs that appear from the sea? We, we briefly touched on that. I did watch a video. don't know if you've seen the video. They're filmed with good quality, but it's like the slow motion camera. Mm-hmm. Well, you take a slow motion and something is as if it pops out of the sea. What are your thoughts on that video? And then what are your thoughts? Have you researched any of these types of sightings? Do you... Um, is that one of the three states, you know, going from water to air? Is that yeah. interesting, more interesting to you? Yeah, aye. Definitely travelling like sea to air, then potentially into space and above. All that is, is much more interesting, more sexy. One of those observables we talked about. Um, that video, um, I don't know if it's just something that's a lot closer to the camera than it appears. That's and that I, makes it that's, look that's really fast. That's what I thought. Um, because when you look at it, it doesn't look like it comes out the water. It looks like it comes for 
the surface of the water. But these, and it, again, might, uh, it might just be the depth perception of it. But again, it's probably just the community stuff when part of that the UFO community see that and that's why it's got like four and a half thousand upvotes on Reddit because yeah. people are just like, oh, look, it's kind of looks like something and they're just mashing that upvote but button. That's, and not even, that's up... probably not even the UFO community. That's probably just folks seeing a UFO video, the general public on Reddit and going, oh, that's dead interesting. You're probably more likely to get somebody in the UFO community going, actually, <laughs> take a look at it here. Right. And then because that's the first thing I kind of do now, I look and go, actually, where does it come from in the picture? Is it coming at the water? Doesn't it look like it is? It looks like it's coming from that point there. And then, is it because I've seen so many examples of a fly flying close to a camera, a spider at night on a camera lens that you can't really see creating mm. a web can look like it's flying about in the sky. Um, so it might be something coming at the sea. There was another one of the videos for earlier, mate, we never talked about. That was the, um, was it Hungary or something? That looks yeah. like a missile that's failing to me. Because uh, it is something cigar-shaped wobbling about in the air. But I would say that's a missile that's been shot and is about to crash into the ocean. Um, mm. But maybe it's an alien spaceship. I don't know. But I'd like to think I'm at least making the point that no other in the sea is a fucking UFO. Um, so, but yeah, the underwater UFOs are really interesting. And the reason there's a lot less data for it is because there's a lot less visibility under the water. You know, there's not mm. a lot of folk looking about under the water for UFOs because you can't really see anything. And there's a lot less data to collect from it as well. Um but USOs are pretty interesting, and there's probably a correlation that a lot of these things go from air to land to sea exactly the same way. They have no issue going into space as they would as well. I'd recommend if anybody's getting interest in the underwater side of things and some of the hypotheses around it, if they've not watched the film The Abyss, James Cameron, okay. um, really interesting movie, and I don't want to spoil the ending of it, but it's about something under the water and this kind of deep sea research facility comes into contact with something and it's no human and it's got a really interesting idea of i won't spoil it but go and watch it and if they watch that um it's put up ahead of its time that's one of the big hypotheses around is there something maybe already here no necessarily coming from very far away i will wrap it up on that film recommendation andy if you don't mind that all right absolutely mate yeah good to talk hopefully i'm not waffled on too much no, I, mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm um, not not sold in any of it, um, to be perfectly honest. I, I get that there's weird stuff out there, but when it comes to the the extraterrestrial, the alien sort of stuff, I just don't. I just don't buy it as of yet. But tons of people do, and hopefully they enjoyed um, our conversation. I just try to sort of let you um, take the reins and, and catch me up in what's been happening. So uh, I've learned a lot. Even if I don't particularly agree with a lot of it, and it was it was good speaking to you, mate. Aye, cheers. And do you know what? I was the same last week when I thought, do I want a device that castrates sheep up Mars? <laughs> Probably not. On the end, my boys. But hey ho, I enjoyed it. So yeah, no spot on, mate. It was uh, good to talk. And like I say, I'm a fan of the podcast, and a fan of you and Jack with heart and hand and long term memory. And I am a Patreon for folks that are on the Patreon page. So aye, good stuff, yeah, man. Good to be. They'll on. get they'll get it a little bit early. Um, I've. I'm putting your link tree in the show notes, mate. So if anybody wants to follow Andy anywhere, find his podcast in one click and all that, then just click uh, in the show notes the the thing that says that UFO podcast. One click there and you'll find Andy everywhere. But uh, we'll wrap it up there and cheers again, mate. Cheers, mate. Cool. 
Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrong-term memory, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely, and if for whatever reason they can't do that, and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 